This is Jennifer Dolan, and you're listening to Jennifer's Twist. Today, my guest is Chad Sarno from Wicked Healthy Food. Welcome, Chad. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. You and your brother, Derek, come from two different professional backgrounds, but found common ground in what you call the Wicked Healthy Arts. Tell us about your background, how it differs from your brother's, and how the two of you combined your strength to create Wicked Healthy. Yeah, thank you. So thanks for having me. So, um, so yeah, we, my brother and I, he's, he's uh, the older one out of us, and um, we have a middle one as well. But my brother and I, Derek, uh, we've partnered up with a company called Wicked Healthy, and um, I've been, um, I've been involved with plant-based cuisine for. For as long as I can remember in my teenage years, um, and um, you know, I first was introduced to it by you know to raw foods and really the dietary side of things, and um, you know, I'd really bad asthma growing up as a kid, so I stopped eating dairy products at, at a young age, so that really sparked my interest in more healthier eating. Um, and so I've always kind of been driven on that path. My brother has uh, always been in the industry, the restaurant industry, with catering and and uh you know restaurants so um it was it was probably you know i mean we seeded the idea with wicked healthy um years ago it's hard to pinpoint exactly where it was but we you know we both had a a role at whole foods market and he was the executive chef i was the head and head of r d for the healthy eating program at whole foods market global here in austin and you know one of the things that we were finding was that you know, probably the most common ground for customers to actually listen to any kind of dietary change was through their taste buds, you know, and that was uh, that was where Derek and I really solidified to, to work together uh, much more. So we started, uh, we we had Wicked Healthy up until that point as more of just an online community, and we started to really hone in on sort of the uh, common sense approach to healthy eating, and it's what we like to call the wicked healthy wicked healthy path of eighty uh, percent uh, wicked twenty eighty percent healthy twenty percent wicked no matter what diet that you follow and it it tends to work for a lot of people you know I mean a lot of um uh, you know there's so much confusion out there with nutrition uh, also being such a new field the more that people dive into it they just get confused you know there's so much conflicting information out there and and it's you know, our our focus is is plants and eat as many plants as you possibly can. And every now and then, it's all right to indulge. So, uh, no matter what diet that you follow, if you're following a vegan diet already, then you know have some you know have some beers on the weekend and and some maybe some processed foods. If you're eating mostly plants and having some animal products on the side, that's fine as well. So we're pushing plants, and what we like to say is. We're plant pushers, not meat shamers. That's one of our, our messages with the company. So I think that's really important to, uh, to come across as such. Awesome. Well, I think you covered almost every question I want to ask you. Oh, no, well, great, <laughs> there great you go, cut. No, I'm just <laughs> I'm kidding. Just kidding. Um, on your website, there is a picture of you and your brother when you were children holding a cake that I'm assuming you made and decorated since the icing reads Wicked Healthy. <laughs> did you follow a Wicked Healthy diet as a child? And did you know then that you would have a career in the culinary arts? Um, that's such a funny picture because that was a, a lot of people actually think that cake is real. Um, with oh, that, it's not. It, <laughs> it was photoshopped, saying I was saying we could healthy. So, um, so that's cute. Um, yeah. So we've uh, my mom was really into into cooking. My, our grandma also. 
um, amazing Italian Italian chef. And growing up, we had a ton of inf- inspiration from her and from her mom. And um, you know, so I, I knew it really at a young age from the earliest time for myself that you know I I just loved to cook. I had such a passion for cooking and a passion for good food and you know, garden veggies that my mom grew or, you know, a homemade sauce that was cooking on the stove for hours at my Nana's house. And, you know, just had this passion uh, around food and really the connection that it brought with uh, um, uh, emotionally as well, which was really, really great. The emotions that rose from from different foods that I would eat and um, the family would uh, gather around. And, uh, and, you know, I, one of the earliest memories is when I was when I was younger, I'd say probably around third grade, I would come home from school. Um, well, I, I would be the one that would pull up my stool and stir the onions and garlic for my mom when we were cooking. So uh, when I was in third grade, I came home from school and I was alone um, for a little while. And I came home and pulled up my stool, fired up a little stove, uh, a little coil burner or whatever it was. and. Cook, grab the grab some butter out of the fridge and chopped an onion and pulled out the minced garlic and sauteed up some onions and garlic and sat in front of the TV and watched some cartoons with the <laughs> bowl with of just sauteed onions. With sauteed onions and garlic, yeah, and just <laughs> a spoon. It That's was awesome. delicious, absolutely delicious, and a piece of bread. And my mom came home; she wasn't too happy with that, but. <laughs> earliest, earliest memory of cooking. Nah, that's great. That's great. You started a vegan diet in your younger years, and your brother converted his diet to vegan as an adult. I read that you changed your diet to your vegan. Uh, I read that you changed your diet to vegan during your late teens after struggling with asthma. That's correct, right? I think you just yep. mentioned something yep. about that. Yep. Okay. And how's your asthma now? Oh, I, I mean, within six months of stopping to eat dairy products at a young age, I haven't experienced asthma since. I am. Um, you know, at a at a young age, I was on I was on multiple inhalers. I used to breathe off a nebulizer every weekend, and used to take the most bizarre medications. I had this one inhaler, you know, those little time release dots, like little mm-hmm. tablet, like uh, in capsules. Yep. I used to have this one inhaler where I would inhale them in my lungs, and it was so traumatizing. It was yeah. this little wind up, wind up, almost an inhaler. That was one of the many that I had. Um, and yeah, a friend of the family told me, uh, dairy products may contribute to it. And I stopped eating dairy at a young age and never experienced asthma since and got rid of all my inhalers. So that's really impressive. Um, I did do a quick literature search on vegan diets and asthma and found only one study. It was published in 1985 and did show a significant improvement in asthma symptoms in those that followed a vegan diet, but it was a very small study. Yeah, there's there's a there's a great book. Neil Barnard put one out called The Cheese Trap. That's just uh he just put out, I believe it's called The Cheese Trap. Um that's a that's a great one, Dr. Neil Barnard. Okay. And somewhere along the line, you switched from vegan to the raw foods diet. So why did you go so strict? <laughs> Um, I, I went really strict at a young age cause I was more in that exploratory phase and I, I was, um, you know, I spent a lot of time at different raw food retreat centers such as Hippocrates and tree of life. And, um, I was working in their kitchens and they happened to be all raw food focused. I also worked with, um, this woman named Sherry Soria who's a raw food culinary school. So that was, 
really what I dove into. I got introduced to a vegan diet at a young age, really a dairy-free diet. I wasn't even vegan at the time. And then really raw foods was my step into veganism. Um, and so I started working with some incredible teachers at the time. And, um, you know, I, I was blown away by the way I was feeling eating the predominantly raw diet at the time and just stuck with it for a while and for a number of years. And that kind of helped me kind of fine-tune the foods that work for me and which ones didn't and um you know really you know i was i was so i was so enthused about um about realizing the the powerful connection that food had on my health that i was i just wanted to go full full head first and i'm not really one to step into anything i'm always one to either go all or none <laughs> i'm very very much like that so um so that's yeah i got introduced to veganism through raw food diet for a number of years and and then started to um you know work with a number of restaurants and also clients and uh, being a personal chef at that time i was you know stocking people's fridges and freezers and cupboards with with raw raw items raw snacks raw meals and um i was um you know seeing that you know people were really doing much better with, uh, you know, incorporating some beans, incorporating some grains into their diet. And so I started to, you know, adopt that more with my style of cooking and, and then it just kind of just evolved from there. So. And you actually report on your website that you had a problem with high cholesterol, high triglycerides on the raw foods diet. Did that resolve? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when I went, I, I had some restaurants over in Europe that were that were mostly raw foods focused. And I ended up um, um, joining Whole Foods Market. Uh, and this was, you know, probably eight, nine, nine years ago, I'd say. And I was predominantly raw at the time with the restaurants. And, um, you know, raw foods diet, it's it can be extremely unbalanced, you know, when you're eating so much fat and so much sugar and, you know, dried fruits and sugars and fats and concentrated fats and coconut oil and cacao butter. I mean, it's just so rich. Um, yeah. And so when you're, uh, you know, when you're not eating a balanced diet, um, just like with any diet, right? I mean, you know, yeah. um, you know, it throws you off. And, and um, by the time I got, I joined Whole Foods Market, one of the pushes with the healthy eating program was around the whole food focus, you know, and plants was the focus, were the focused and, um, you know, minimizing extracted oils. And so at that time, um, I, you know, had my blood red at the time because we were doing a, a number of uh, team member wellness programs internally with the company. And um, uh, one of the programs was the health eating discount card, which we, we launched as a company, which was based on uh, team members' biometrics, which would we would determine the level of discount that they would get as an employee, which was pretty cool. So, um, so we launched that, and uh, you know, at the time I, I hadn't gotten my blood red in years, and and uh, to my shock, it was my cholesterol was extremely high, you know, and it, and and as soon as I you know started incorporating more beans and greens and grains into my diet, um, you know, and took embraced that a little bit more, the cholesterol really plummeted. So. And when you were um, in your raw foods phase, you actually did some consulting for some famous people, right? Demi Moore, Alicia Silverstone, Woody Harrelson. What was yeah, that I was, like? I was Woody's chef for a number of years, and he, ah. on, on his sets, and he continues to do this, which is pretty amazing. On most of his sets, he he remains, you know, fully raw, uh, predominantly raw uh, on his film sets, so he can have, ah. you know, that clear mind and, and head as he's 
as he's going through the film and the shoot. So, so it's amazing. Even to this day, he still remains predominantly raw in his sets. So, on all of his films. So, mm-hmm. I like your eighty twenty motto. Uh, shoot for eighty percent healthy, twenty percent wicked, and you'll be a hundred percent awesome. That's great. And I like that you encourage celebrating what people should be eating rather than what they shouldn't be eating. I think that's important. I think that that's uh, that's where people get caught up when it comes to, you know, quote unquote diets is, Mm -hmm. you know, as soon as people think of any kind of diet, they immediately are drawn to what they can't eat. And they immediately think of lack and they think of all these things that they can't eat. They don't think of the world opening up to them with possibilities and with different foods and different tastes and different, you know, produce items. And, um, and so that's, that's where we are with, with our philosophy with Wicked Healthy is really pushing, pushing plants. We're plant pushers. That's one of our, our tags. And, um, you know, and no matter what diet that you follow, just incorporate as many plants as possible. So. That's great. What strategies do you recommend for staying focused on the positive attributes of diet? versus beating oneself up over eating something wicked or just very black and white rather than leaving a little room for wickedness. I think keeping your keeping your uh, your head on the goal, you know, and not getting not being in that whole reductionist attitude of of you know this one meal is going to harm. Um, it's just, you know, that's a nice thing about about having that small leniency with your diet with that 20% wicked part is you know that the next day you're going to be eating healthier you know and we are, we're human you know we have to enjoy eating we have to enjoy you know the whole process of preparing food and and, and eating it and and there's so many of these so-called diets out there that are highly restrictive that um that they're just they're they're so focused on the whole reductionist attitude around nutrition that I think that that scares people. You know, I mean, if you're going from standing in a fast food line to going to a a fully um, you know no oil, no salt, no sugar raw, raw diet, that's scaring people. You know, and so you know, giving people, um, I understand if you're sick, you might want to be a little bit more extreme with your diet, but if you're trying to make a transition. It's, you know, choosing that one thing I think is the most important focus is do one thing a day, you know, and focus on one thing, focus on something that's tangible, that works for you and your, in your lifestyle, you know? Um, um, yeah. And we can talk about tips as we go on. So, okay, great. You reportedly attended the school of common sense, all, (laughs) (laughs) all joking aside, do you have any formal culinary training or are you really self-taught? Uh, self-taught, self-taught. I've, I've, I've worked with, uh, a ton of chefs along the way and I've picked up, uh, just some great, some great knowledge along the way, but I am, you know, and same thing with my, my brother attempted also to go to uh, culinary school for a little bit, but the way I like to think is a little bit more out of the norm. And I jumped into kitchens with plant-based food in general. That was, those are the first kitchens that I worked in. And, um, so the, really that's, uh, it was a lot of trial and error and there wasn't, there really weren't many options at that time. So, um, you know, kind of learned along the way. And also, you know, I get, I gather amazing inspiration from some top chefs out there and any cookbooks, you know, it doesn't matter what type of cookbook it is, but, you know, looking at recipes and flipping through presentation and different ingredients and different techniques. I mean, all of them can be translated to plant-based. So that's what inspires me. 
Was there any one chef that influenced you more than others? Um, no, not necessarily. I mean, probably the, um, you know, growing up in a, in a home that, you know, food was quite, quite a center of our, our family of, you know, our mom being an amazing cook and grandma, as I mentioned, um, you know, really just, you know, that comfort food and comfort food has always been a drive for me and also a drive for Derek around Wicked Healthy and what we post and what the recipes that we create. So, um, when we say it's a common, a common sense approach, um, you know, that's the way that we like to keep our philosophy around cooking in general is, is it shouldn't be pretentious. It should be easy. It should be approachable. We sh you should work with ingredients that people are used to, you know, and that's, um, that's what makes it, um, you know, appealing for, for many folks is that, uh, is that it's, uh, you know, it's easy to grasp and it's easy to understand opposed to something that's so far out there and working with all these ingredients that may be only found in a specialty market, you know, so. Yeah. That's true. How about, um, was there any cookbook or is there any cookbook that you turn to frequently for inspiration or blog or? No. Just, just your brain. No, no, they, <laughs> That's uh, good. No, there's, you know, there, there's a, a, a good group of us in terms of chefs that we all bounce ideas off of each other. And, and, uh, you know, I learned a ton from my brother and I would hope he learns a ton from me also along the way. And, um, you know, with Wicked Healthy in general, um, with our book, that's going to be coming out soon. One of the techniques that my brother's been doing for years that has really taken take, taking quite shape is the whole is working with mushrooms and it's it's the press and sear technique that we've been doing and so we we gain a lot of inspiration from each other and also just uh, you know looking at classic techniques and translating them to plant based as I mentioned is how can you take this one ingredient and bring as much flavor out with this one ingredient as possible whether it's through caramelization or whether it's through reducing the flavors and um, you know slow cooking. Um, or what so there's a there's a lot that we gather just from just classic techniques that were taught along the way so yeah I love that um I was just looking at one of your mushroom recipes for I can't remember what it was exactly I think it was a maitake mushroom but anyway it looked delicious <laughs> okay you've traveled the world seeking the guidance of leaders in plant-based medicine and culinary arts Who's made the biggest influence on you in your travels? Hmm, that's a good one. Um, who's made the biggest influence on me? I would say because I've, I, you know, I got into, you know, eating a plant-based diet through, um, through health. Um, but it's also been driven by compassion uh, for myself and compassion for for animals and compassion and, you know, just general animal welfare. And, um, um, and so I, I think the, the people, it's not necessarily any chefs or people in the kitchen, but the people that are doing work to make this world a better place, inspire me to continue doing what I'm doing and the doctors that are out there and the courage of people that are adopting a diet and taking control of their health and jumping in the driver's seat and not having, um, not, not being that, uh, you know, that, you know, that brainwashed with what's out there. I think, you know, those are the people that inspire me to keep doing what I'm doing. And my kids, you know, I mean, it's, it's hard to define anybody in particular on my path, but it's really people that are, 
that are doing work, you know, that are doing work for, you know, to better themselves, to better this planet. And that, that inspires me, you know, and cause I want to do my part for my kids. So. Good, good. You've also done a lot of yoga and meditation, correct? Correct. Yep. Did you visit any interesting shalas or practice with any influential yoga instructors during your travels? I didn't, but I spent a lot of, I spent some time in India with one of uh, my teachers. I mean, there's been many teachers along the way, but one of them is Amaji Amritanormai over in, uh, I call her the hugging saint (laughs) over in in South India in Cochin. So that was, that was quite an amazing experience that went to her 50th birthday celebration back in as many 15 years ago or so. So. Wow. That's awesome. If you could go back to any of these destinations, where would you spend more time and why? Yeah, so I, I've done a, a ton of travel, and one of the places that um, I would say I hold near and dear to my heart is the Philippines. So the Philippines, I spent a number of months there, and I helped open up this place called um, um, uh, called the Farm, which is in the Batangas region. Um, uh, and it was just, a, a, you know, I opened the restaurant at this resort and just the people there. And, you know, that was that was quite a life changing opportunity that I had. I lived there for a few months and, were, you know, they would only hire locals and train them in Manila and the city to to help take over this resort and, you know, for the staff staffing. And um, just the people there I met were just uh, were, were pretty incredible. So I, I certainly would love to spend a little bit more time there. Okay. You mentioned earlier that you had worked for Whole Foods. And um, from what I read on your website, you actually wore a couple of hats there. Global health and wellness coordinator, media spokesperson, R&D chef, healthy eating senior culinary educator. What, What did these roles entail? And who were you educating? Staff, customers? everyone? Yeah, I mean, I came on, so I had restaurants over in Europe uh, for a number of years, a restaurant brand called Saf. Uh, I started over in Europe um, with some folks, um, and I was ready to make the jump back to the States, and I ended up joining Whole Foods Market. I met John Mackey, and he had shared with me their new core value around healthy eating education, um, and I, I was um, incredibly interested in what they were doing, so I pursued that and ended up um, working with the company, moved back to the States with my Whole Foods Market job. Um, and I, I'm still in Austin uh, because of that. Um, but I, you know, I was hired initially as the uh, coordinator of the health eating program, uh, the health and wellness coordinator of the co- of, uh, uh, for the company. And it was to, to really launch an internal wellness program and help launch a whole um, a culture around wellness uh, internally first. And so we were going to be launching a number of different programs that were ultimately going to help lower healthcare costs in the long run um, and then create these ambassadors to launch it uh, externally to the public before we um, rolled out to the public. So I got hired as a coordinator. We put together the program and my role started to evolve as programs started to pop up. Um, and the successes were uh, determined and uh, non-successes. Um, so I ended up um, starting off as a coordinator, um, helped launch the immersion programs, which are these health and wellness-focused programs for team members to help improve their health and, and again, um, seed the whole culture of wellness internally. 
And there are these week-long programs that the nutrition uh, center programs that uh, Whole Foods Market would pay for their employees to go to. Um, and so they have a budget. They still do this. Uh, and they would send X amount of employees a year to these programs, uh, all voluntary. And team members have the opportunity to dive into their health and take a look at their blood work and you know make necessary changes they, they could. And when they came back to the store, they would have um, you know the support they needed from leadership and from star programs, which was called Health Starts Your Program. Uh, and so you know as that started to roll out internally, we were seeing some great success through these immersion programs uh, that we started to launch it uh, externally to the public. And I moved to media spokesperson with the program and did all of the sort of satellite media tours throughout uh, the years with launching that program. Um, and started to create education programs for the public that their in-store educators could uh, could really showcase some of the key highlights of these new core values of the health eating core values. Uh, and at, you know, since I mean, the company has changed drastically, um, as we all know, and uh, that program has changed and, and definitely taken a new shape over the years, but it, it was a it was a pretty amazing opportunity to do that internally and to work with the the core leadership there and and John Mackey very closely to launch launch those uh, those programs internally, see the success, and really see, see team members taking control of their health with these programs and with these immersion programs, seeing incredible, really incredible uh, health outcomes by you know people going to this week long program and adopting a plant based diet or predominantly plant based diet and seeing these incredible health changes and you know and it was extreme for a lot of people so um, so this is where the whole again it goes full circle though this is where um, you know wicked healthy really was was birthed at the end of the day is is uh, you know, one of the most successful parts of that program I saw over the years was the culinary education piece. And and with all of these classes, the public-facing classes, and when people can actually see it being made and show how easy it is to adopt a healthier diet and to batch cook and to cook grains and to cook beans and just simple, simple basic foods, it inspired them to take control, you know, um, opposed to reading about the science and nutrition um, on a label, you know. So, so we saw that 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 certainly was one of the most successful parts of the program. And so we started to create a number of education programs with my brother on board. We did all the trainings for all the chefs uh, internally uh, for other regions and stores uh, to adopt this program and just kind of, you know, um, you know, think a little bit more uh, with that, with a healthy focus around recipe development and things like that. So that's really great. Great. And now you are launching a new product as well, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so as it evolved, with as my job evolved over at Whole Foods Market, we, you know, with culinary education being a, a key focus, I ended up leaving the company and joining a, a company called Ruby, which is an online culinary school. So I saw that culinary education was was really a driving force there to really help uh, help push change. Um, and so we launched a plant-based certification course with them, worked with them for about four years, and um, towards the end of that, started to work with a number of friends, uh, including my brother, um, uh, and, and really trying to identify the, a gap in the market when it comes to um, plant-based proteins, you know, and plant-based proteins are, on the, uh, are skyrocketing in the market, and there's so much investment behind it and interest, and it's grown 
um, um, exponentially over the past couple of years, I would say. Uh, and so during that time at Whole Foods, we got a lot of these, you know, well-known companies into Whole Foods in the doors and prepared foods for them to use them. So we are quite familiar with uh, with a lot of the products and the processes. So uh, we ended up identifying um, sort of a gap in the market, which was seafood um, with plant-based seafood alternatives. And so, you know, we got some some great investment and we had some great partners come in and and we started a company um, that we're not launched yet. We're going to be launching at the end of 2018, uh, but it's a company called Good Catch. And Good Catch Foods is is the name of the company. It's a plant-based seafood, seafood and it's basically... Uh, you know, it's made out of beans. It's an extruded product. It's a six-bean blend, and so it's uh, it's essentially a, um, uh, a fishless tuna. <laughs> so uh, we have one in oil, we have one in water, um, and they're going to be shelf-stable products. So it'll live right next to the tuna in the tuna aisle, and um, and then we also have a number of frozen products also. And um, what's amazing about this product and you'd appreciate it being a dietitian is, um, you know, we've been looking at the development of this product um, and looking at the nutritional profile of tuna as we've developed this product. And so we've tried to keep the label incredibly clean. Uh, and nutritionally, it's it's quite lined up with like an albacore with the quality tuna. So we, in terms of protein levels, sodium levels, fat levels, um, and then also omega balance. So we have DHA, EPA blend in there with the, the uh, algae oils that we're using and um, it's quite remarkable in terms of taste, texture, all of that. So we're going to be launching that at the end of this year, which is really exciting. That is exciting. Are you familiar with the organization Slow Food International? I am very much so, yeah. Oh, yep. Great. Um, how do you feel about eating animal products from animals that are raised sustainably? Um, I think it's... Uh, it's <laughs> That's a trick question because I'm, and I'm pretty much a lifetime vegan. Um, I think everybody is is where they're at, and they they you know people can appreciate. I think it's better than buying something that's that's uh, mass produced, you know, anything in, out of a factory farm. I, I I fully appreciate the the research that people do on their food and their food sourcing. Um, but I, with my work, I like to lead with compassion, and whether it's humanely raised or not, it's still something needs to die for my pleasure, and I don't believe that that's uh, that 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 needs to happen. So, thank you. Going back to your. Um your product that you're launching, is there any worry about um, people with fish allergies eating it? Or it's totally, totally vegan? No, it's 100% vegan, our, our product. And that's one of the targets. If you, um, in general, in the States, there's about seven to eight and a half million people that have uh, shellfish allergy, that have a seafood allergy of some sort. So that is one of the focus uh, mar markets for our product is is folks with seafood allergy, and also it's gluten free, so it's uh, made out of uh, six beans. As I mentioned, it's an extruded product, so we're using um, you know bean protein uh, protein powders and things like that through the processing. So sweet. You and your brother also have your first cookbook being released next month, right? May. Yes, which is really exciting. May 8th, it launches in the U.S., May 31st in the U.K. I love the cover, especially because my current job is working in an ICU, so it looks like a very blood oh, jacket, so. but it's just a bloody beat. <laughs> what can our listeners expect in the book? 
Uh, yeah, thank you. So we've this has been uh, a number of years in the process, and um, it's really, it's really we've taken. Um, taking the next steps with uh, with being a plant-based book. We don't mention vegan anywhere in the book. It's, you know, the way that we look at it is it's uh, it's it's all about pushing plants and that's the focus of all the recipes. And we share a number of different techniques in the book that are haven't been done before and, and with plant-based and using those classic techniques, as I mentioned, of pressing and um, through weight uh, with the with the, uh, the the mushroom technique that my brother created. And, um, you know, it's really... Uh, it's it's a resource guide for anybody who wants to, you know, start incorporating more plants into their diet, and and we take it from a we really have the approach um, from a culinary standpoint. So you know, chefs would be interested in in checking out the unique dishes, but also, as I mentioned, with our philosophy that in general that it's um, it's a common sense approach to healthy eating, and it's working with common ingredients. Um, using, you know, common equipment. We're not using anything fancy in there. And it's, you know, flavor first. I mean, we're both chefs and, and being able to, you know, push flavor flavor to the limit when it comes to herbs and spices and flavor combinations uh, is really the focus. So, um, you know, uh, we, we have a whole beginning section in the book that talks about flavor development and how to flavor development and kind of breaks it down um, for folks of breaks it down into categories of building flavor from the start and and uh, going from there. So it's 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 quite a, a resource book, not just a, a pretty cookbook. So great. I can't wait. Thank you. So what other projects are you guys working on? So one of the things that we're really excited about is, you know, um, last year my brother had joined Tesco, which is uh, the second or third largest retailer in the world. Uh, they're based over in Europe, uh, over in the UK. And he joined them as the director of plant-based innovation and executive chef. And so we ended up partnering up with Tesco to launch a line of food uh, under the Wicked Healthy brand uh, called Wicked Kitchen. So Wicked Kitchen is our line of food over there. We launched 20 plus products uh, in 600 stores in January. So we've been, they've been selling incredibly. It's caused uh, quite a stir in the retail industry in general since it was really a bold move by such a large retailer to kind of take on um, take on a partnership that is uh, sort of so fringe in a lot of people's eyes. Um, um, and and launched so many SKUs, not just a few of them. We launched 20, and that's just the first phase. We're going to be launching a bunch more this summer. But my brother's been leading that uh, as I've been leading Good Catch over here, and it's just incredibly exciting to to see the success that 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 product line has had. So that is so cool. Do you guys ever settle down? Relax. I I try to do. I'm see my brother doesn't um, so much, but. Uh, I like to relax every now and then. I'm based in Austin, and I have a family. I have kids. And so on the weekends when I'm not working, when I can pull myself away from the computer, I just I love gardening. Um, I We moved on to some property outside of Austin here and just finishing up all the gardens and just planted everything this year already. And um, I just I love to spend time in my garden with my – I have a one-and-a-half-year-old. And so, you know, teaching him a little bit along the way, it's, it's really sweet, you know. I think it's – I think it's so important, you know, it's so important raising kids and showing them, you know, showing them just how food grows, you know, I mean, you know, that these little incredible seeds grow this incredible product, you know, and, and you can actually 
grow food from these seeds. And I mean, it's just an amazing concept, uh, you know, that, that the kids just love. And that's, that's how I've gotten, you know, I have a 12 year old also, but that's how I've gotten my kids into healthier eating. I mean, my one and a half year old doesn't have a choice, but, um, um, you know, it's just really, you know, showing them the whole process along the way and, you know, having my daughter help me in the kitchen. And I just got this little stool that my little boy can stand on and he's got his little kitchen and, yeah, it's just really cute. You have so, to videotape them. Yeah, it just yeah. sounds adorable. It's so cute. I, I did read the story about you going to the farmer's market with your daughter and cooking in the kitchen. One question I have for you is um, that as adults, we're very conscious of what we teach our children. But is there anything that you've learned from her in the kitchen? Um, anything I've learned from her is... And now she's a little picky, you know, I should say. Um, uh, no, she, uh, no, because she, she tends to not be as involved in the kitchen as she used to be. I mean, she's a 12-year-old girl, so she's yeah, into, into other things um, these days. But um, I'm trying to groom my little boy to, to love the kitchen. And, you know, he's, uh, he, he loves, uh, you know, shaking the pan and adding, adding the pinching in the salt. And it's pretty That's cute. Awesome. So. Do you have any advice for parents who struggle to feed their children vegetables? Um, I There's a couple of ways that I like to uh, suggest. Uh, one of them is hiding them. Um, you can easily hide vegetables, um, especially with the younger kids. If you're doing smoothies, smoothies especially, I mean, smoothies in general, they're packed with fruit and nutrition. And, um, you know, if you have some good sweet fruits in there you can pack in the greens and um you can give it to them in a dark sippy cup that's always helpful for also awesome. a, also adults that won't notice because really <laughs> i mean it's it, they're just as sweet you can't even tell if there's greens you in mean it. i can give my husband a dark sippy you, cup you sure can you, you, sure, <laughs> yeah, you sure can give him a dark straw with a dark sippy cup <laughs> Um, no, but with, uh, with a lot of kids, I also, uh, recommend like, you know, shaving different vegetables and putting them in sauces and cooking them down and you're getting all that nutrition. Uh, you're just melting them down as you cook. So whenever I'm doing like a marinara sauce or anything, I'll cook down, um, you know, the onions with carrots and also some zucchini sometimes and cook it down, um, before adding the tomatoes and you can't even see it, you know, so. Just to finish up, I just want to ask you a couple of fun fact type questions. So what kitchen tool can you not live without? My knife. Does that count? Ah. Does that count? Yes, that's great. Yeah, my knife, I, I, um, it's all about just having a sharp piece of steel. You know, it doesn't have to be fancy. It's just making sure you have a sharp knife uh, makes your world way easier in the kitchen. You know, and, and just, you know, understanding the basics of knife skills is makes cooking way more enjoyable so and what kind of knife do you have um i have there's a couple shun is a great one shun's a great brand out there um they're uh kind of a a, a larger brand they have they're kind of the nice thing about a shun is the blade is uh, has the thin the thinness of like a japanese blade but it has the weight of a sort of a french or german knife which is nice so i'm used to the heavier the heavier knives uh, opposed to like the max or the globals which are are pretty light japanese style knives so this has a thin blade like a japanese style knife so you can get those really really paper thin cuts but it has the weight of another uh, uh french style knife so um another one would be a i would say a bamboo steamer 
a, bam- wow. a bamboo steamer is probably my second favorite pro- uh, uh, tool in the kitchen. And you can use it for reheating veggies. You can for dumplings, for reheating rice and uh, different grains. And um, and the nice thing about that is, you know, you have a wok or you have a pot that fits it. Um, you know, you can layer um, three, four stacked high, and so you can put the more firm vegetables on the bottom and the more delicate, such as greens, on the top, and they cook in the same same time, which is amazing. So, Very cool. What will always be found in your pantry or refrigerator? Hot sauce, sriracha. It's <laughs> good stuff. Sriracha. My brother created this product called Ninja Squirrel uh, out of Whole Foods Market, and it's a, sort of the clean version of sriracha. So, Very cool, very cool. Uh, what ingredient am I most excited about right now? I would say that I'm jumping on the mushroom train with my brother. Um, I have been, uh, he's been, he's been completely obsessed with mushrooms and I gave him a lot of great for a while. Um, and he's just proved me wrong. The versatility that mushrooms have and the sustainability factor that mushrooms have, um, is it's the other white meat and it's it's definitely uh it will be a food trend i, I believe this year if not the, the following year in terms of different techniques of working with them from shredding them to pressing them to you know slow cooking them to all that so very cool that was going to be one of my questions what do you think will be the next food trend so mushrooms it is what do you think is the most underrated ingredient most underrated ingredient Let's see, what do I use a lot of? Um, you know, I think soy gets a bad rap. You know, I think soy gets a bad rap. There's, if you look up on, if you, you know, people tend to believe everything they read on the internet because um, it's online, of course, so it has to be true. Um, and when you when you have a good source of, of tofu, um, like a, a really quality source, like a fresh tofu is incredible. There's a company that we work with closely called Hodo Soy. And, you know, you can find uh, a really um, uh, a, lo- a lot of local producers in different cities uh, for, for soy products. But these guys, Hodo Soy, they're small batch soy company based here in the States. And they make Yuba, which is incredible. And Yuba is the tofu skin. Uh, when it comes to the process of making tofu, it's a, the skim on top. Um, and they just season it perfectly and you can make it into noodles and, um, <clears throat> you know, it's just, it's an absolutely delicious product. I think that tends to get underrated and, and quite a bad rap sometimes. So, uh, a, a good fresh tofu is, is incredible. And there's also, there's some products that are uh, out there, especially with tempeh. Tempeh is a, a fermented soy product usually. Um, and it's, um, you know, there's a product out there that, that are, people are making their own tempehs with. It's a, it's a piece of equipment that, uh, you can incubate your own tempeh and you can make any, use any beans and grains to make your own tempeh. So, which is pretty cool. So I think soy is a bad rap. So I'd like to highlight that one a little bit more. Thank you. How about overrated? Anything you think is overrated? Kale. That's yeah. Uh, kale, yeah. kale. You know, it's cool. I like. I love kale. Um, it's a great product. Great, great ingredient. But you know, I would say that, or I would say flowers. You know, too many chefs these days. You know, 
bust out there. Chickpea flour. Everybody's no, using chickpea. No flowers flour. as in the floral flower. Oh, oh, flowers. I would Florals. say, Got it. you know, you don't need a, a tasty, delicious dish, um, you know, to, and use tweezers, you know, and, you know, there's so many chefs out there that are, have their bucket of tweezers and their, their dainty little flowers that are great for a presentation. But at the end of the day, you know, after a 15 course meal, you still want to go get a sandwich. So <laughs> <laughs> when you entertain, what do you like to make? Um, I love pasta. I'm a big pasta fan. So I love making fresh pasta. So fresh pasta is certainly, a something I, I will I will always make pasta and sauce I mean noodles and sauce um, whether it be Asian style or, or Italian style I love making Asian noodles and also um, you know Italian pasta as well so I, we grew up in a big Italian family so noodles noodles hit home for us for sure so what's your favorite gift to bring to a dinner party my favorite gift to bring to a dinner party probably. I mean, something that means a lot to me, whether it's time spent making it, um, whether it's fresh pasta or fresh bread or, or dumplings, you know, something that you know that there's been some, some effort that's gone into making and people that know me, <clears throat> um, you know, would appreciate that um, when I'm coming to their dinner party or coming to a potluck or whatever. Um, you know, something as simple as just homemade baked bread or uh, a bowl of fresh pasta or, you know, some fresh dried pasta um, is, is quite a, a nice gift to, that comes with a lot of love, you know, so. How do you relax or recharge? How do I relax? Well, I, I definitely, uh, I enjoy being in my gardens. I enjoy <clears throat> being in nature, you know. Um, I enjoy cooking. Cooking also helps me relax. So if I've had a really stressful day, um, I'm doing way more uh, online computer work than I would uh, like to do these days um, in terms of organization and just kind of building our business. So usually when I go home, my wife knows that that's my time to uh, de-stress as I walk in the door. And before I download about my my day, I'll get in the kitchen and just start prepping something for dinner. Chop, chop, chop. (laughs) That's definitely a stress reliever. So for me. What's something people would be surprised to know about you? Something, uh, mm, uh, I, well, I guess there, there's a lot of things that just in terms of my past of, I was on Grateful Dead tour for a number of years. <laughs> that might be, uh, a lot of people who know me know, know me uh, a little too much, but um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and also, I mean, when people when people uh, people have this misperception around around vegans uh, that you're going to be this scrawny um, scrawny unhealthy person, and that's something that you know I, I spend a lot of time with, you know, a community of people that are following a plant based diet that are that are um, you know either very fit or um, you know do not look what people think of vegans. So, um, yeah. Multiple tattoos. Yeah, my brother. (laughs) (laughs) It's very Philadelphia vegan thing. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time. I'm really looking forward to checking out your book and tasting your new products. 
Again, that was Chad Sarno from Wicked Healthy Food. To learn more about Chad or Wicked Healthy Food, go to www.wickedhealthyfood.com. I'm Jennifer Dolan, and you're listening to Jennifer's Twist, connecting farmers, food makers, and chefs to bring you healthy food.